I want to read you guys the first couple of lyrics to this "You're So Gay" by Taylor by Katy Perry. <clears throat> you don't. You're so gay, and you don't even like boys. No, you don't even like. Don't even like. Don't even like boys. So I don't really know what this song is about. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It's about, the, we... it's about the famous and little talked about lame component of being gay. <laughs> Hi, Nico. What's up, Con? Not much. I love you. I love you. No homo. A mm, little bit of homo for me. Just a little bit. Just a smidge. From two guys who are never part of the boys club, we want to welcome you into ours. Welcome to Boys Club. This is our podcast. About boys. And about other things. Like their clubs. And the things we were a part of. Hockey. And we're not a part of. Bagels. Wait, did you say we were a part of hockey? I wasn't. Me neither. Welcome to the club, boys. Grab a bagel. What do boys eat? <laughs> Grab a bagel. I was like, what do boys eat? Hi, Nico. How, How are, you? are you? Oh, Jenks. What are you up to? Wait. What's going uh, on with you? Oh my god. I didn't expect that question. Curveball. Um, not much is going on with me. I feel really great. I was really mean to my dad yesterday, and I've like had a lot oh, of anxiety about it today. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Know that if I'm ever mean to you, no one will feel as bad as I will for the next the rest. I st- I was mean to my brother March 2020, and I think about it every day. I hear that. That was two years ago. I hear that. I feel like my biggest regrets are times I feel like I was I was the the one that was out of line. Yeah, I was so mean. So I'm trying to fix my list, but they brought up. I was I was so I didn't I wasn't born with this. I want the boys at home to know. First of all, I don't think you have a lisp. And second of all, five minutes before you just said that, you said, I'm not going to talk about Myers-Briggs or my lisp, and we are not too many uh, the podcast. What was the third one? <laughs> Taylor Swift, which we no. will talk about. What was the third one? Myers-Briggs, your lisp, my Taylor crazy Swift. Ex. I, you're crazy. <laughs> I wanted to hear you say, I forgot. you're crazy See, ex. I forgot. So Nico thinks my ex is crazy. Okay. That's kind of crazy that you said I that. I say that, but bring, bring this back to the No, world. you're not wrong. Um, I... Yeah, no, I feel, yeah, I feel, it was one of those things where I was so rude to my dad and he was so nice back and then I got ruder and I think I was like testing him to be to see like how rude I could be. And then I, I know, I don't know. I don't know. But I am self-aware enough to be like, that was an insane thing that just happened within myself. And then, but I do feel really bad and he was so nice and he won't be here forever. Wait, one other thought and then I'm done rambling. Wait, so I buzzed your thing Mm -hmm. and you didn't let me in and it's like, that's fine. But then I like waited and then I was like, oh shit. It just it occurred to me in that moment, it was like the more people you involve yourself with, the more likely it is that one day you'll find someone dead. And I was like, oh, oh my god, god, is this the moment? I was so scared. What are you living in a pretty little liar? <laughs> I'm almost done a little life. <laughs> are you almost done with a little life? I have fifty pages left. Are you freaking impressed at my literacy? Fifty pages left? I have fifty pages Boys, left. Boys, but the next time by the time you hear this actually, it's possible you'll be done. Yeah, and then you can have it. Perfect. You have all of April to read it, but you have to be done by the end of April unless you're not. And then you can also have May. But it has to be the way that my brain works. It has to be months. But somebody's booked for May. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Sisterhood of the Traveling Little Life. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> going to read a travel, a little A. Have you read a little A? No, I've not. Okay. We're going to mark, we're going to mark you down for July. So whatever you for July, cancel July and. Yeah. Keep yourself wide open for July. It's 800 pages. I like the idea that we all have one copy that we need to try. Yeah. No. And it all has, library. It, it has sweet potato in it. Everyone's going to be like, what's oh, this? Like, geez. oh, it's a piece of corn sweet potato. Okay, well, in addition to that, did you see any boys clubs this week? Yeah. Okay, you know what mine is? I think there's two. Well, we, we've we definitely talked about people that don't have nine to fives before, for sure. I think that was an early boys club. People who don't. Who don't, yeah. So you and me. I was imagining what it would be like to have to be somewhere all day, and I just can't even imagine that. No. Ew. I was thinking this yesterday because I was like, most of my days, I'm working, but it's like, it's just propped up by the fact that I consider 
this work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm just, you know, if you believe in it, it will, it's just like, you're the only like, thing keeping it alive is the fact that I believe in it. That's so upsetting. And someday, if somebody pays for any of it, it will retroactively have been work. What you said was the, right up until Oh my God. That was the darkest, truest thing ever. That was really upsetting. You just gotta push, hold it up. If people join the Patreon, then it's considered work. We've got to join the Patreon. Yeah, maybe this year we'll get around to that. I hear the taxes on that are ridiculous though. We're not doing that. We're not paying those. You can Venmo us. Um, <laughs> yes. That's how I did Pilates in my house on Venmo for a long time, and I made a shit ton of money. Yeah, untaxed. I'm telling the government about that. Um, yeah. So your boys club is people with nine to fives? Um, no, I think the boys, the real boys club is people at Soul Cycle at 1030 in the morning. Oh. And it's like, how did you get here? Yeah, what are you, what are you doing that you're so free what are you doing? mid-morning? And they're the, they're, I, don't even, I wouldn't even come to that time because I, I got shit to do. Usually Just people, I know, I know. <laughs> Usually people in the middle of the day, like at a workout class, I'm sorry, I know this is negative, are like, I feel like not cool. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Okay. And I'm not, I don't know if like having a job makes you cool, but because like, I think these people are cool and it's the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. But like, there's something about people like that that's like, no. Okay. No, dude. I think that you, you need more, you need commitments to be cool. What if they get cool. up at 6 a.m. though and they're working and then 10.30 is their break? It's like kind of like their lunch. That's fascinating. I don't know. I'm going to ask them. I'm okay. like, what did you do before this? I think similar to how I always want to ask people at shows, how the hell did you find this? I want to ask people in those workout classes, what are you doing all day? <laughs> Wait, did I tell you that I was approached in the transit museum by men that went to our show? You did tell me that, yes. Yeah. Shout out if you are listening. And then Thank I said, you. how did you even find out about this show? And then I was like, Connor, stop it. Ask like you act like you've been here before. Just say it in a way that's like, hey, I'm curious, like how you found out about the show, like because like Taylor Swift words. would ever be like, where'd you find Midnights? Yeah, like, Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. But we're not Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What boys clubs did you see? Okay, I just like went totally blank on what I was gonna talk about. That's okay. But I'm gonna talk about something from work because I was thinking I was watching the the past two days I've had to coach a boys team, which I don't like to do. They just send you all over? Well, so I am technically an assistant coach because I was, like, taking a step back. By choice. Thank you. Because I was taking a step back this year because I just don't want to – I can't – I don't want to overcommit myself. They said, please – they said, please be not that. And you said, no, I have to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They begged. I said – I. they said, can you please? And I said, I really don't have the time. But – so I took a step back, so I'm technically the assistant coach. So if ever there's a coach who is not – you know, is out that day sick or whatever else, I am there to cover because – I'm the assistant, so um, which is fine. You know, you're I, like, the floating. I, you're the department chair. I, anyway, I had to coach the boys' teams the last two days, and it's just like they just are not. They're so emotionally stunted compared to the girls. Like they just they don't know how to regulate themselves. Everybody is crying. They're yelling at each other. It's like just the high boys highs, are crying. High highs and low lows. Uh, it's just wait the way I said no that feels control. inappropriate. And if a boy has control over his emotions, he's called like shy, and it's like no, he's just like fine over there. You know what I mean? Wait, that is really interesting. What is the difference between? Fine and repressed. Yeah. What's the line? What's the line? I don't know. But it was just like I was watching. And these only boys. someone's journal can tell you. I was watching these boys yesterday, and I was like, and they're just like running into each other, and then calling fouls that are like not really fouls. I thought you were gonna like say calling, calling faggot. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> they're seven. They're seven. They're not like no, no. It's no. never too early. But they do do this thing where they like, they're kind of at the stage where they're obsessed with saying penis, so they do say that. Ew. A lot. Yeah, they're really into that, and um. Anyway, so my boys' club was wait. Do they do that thing where you try unregulated seven-year-olds who are just like crying about? They say it. penis, penis, mm-hmm. penis. You have to get louder. No, not the penis game. But they would do like they do some celebration that's. They just like swing their hips around and say penis. I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> oh my god. 
And I don't even know what to make of this. I'm always just like, stop doing that. <laughs> Males are so crazy. Because I like don't. The other thing too is I'm like, this is something where like my knowledge gap shows because I did not grow up being around like i wasn't in on that as a boy so i didn't get to see that i'm from the other side so i don't really know how to deal with that like is that normal should i be like stop saying that or is this like just guys being dudes and like one of the things that they like do i don't know um all right well should we bring our guests in yes okay boys our guest this week is an incredible improviser stand-up comedian writer uh actress perhaps i've seen her in some sketches um she has a monthly show called mess with us and is also part of the incredible, honestly, my favorite improv group in all of Brooklyn. Not like other girls. You have to see them if you haven't already. Or if you have, you should still see them. This is a rambling intro. But, boys, please welcome Maggie Olmstead. You're also here uh, on a Wednesday at 12 with us. You recently left your job, am I correct? Yes. I was working at a hospital as an assistant in the social work department. And I left after about a year and a month. And, and that woman was rough to work with. Yes. I was having a lot of trouble at work. That's okay. Um, it was just like, so I realized like, oh my God, every day feels bad. No, 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 no. That's um, bad. Yeah. But then I was outside of a show. I was outside of Good Tessa at Good Judy. <laughs> Shout <laughs> and out. And a bunch of Tessa's um, a Yale alumni friends were out there. And I was talking loudly about needing to leave my job. And one of them turned around, who's this really nice guy. And he was just like, I know someone who's looking to hire someone. And I was thinking I was just going to quit into unemployment. Like, <laughs> Wait. So did you start a new job? Yes, I have a new, a real, a, a job I really like being a, I'm a junior writer at like a PR firm in New York. Oh. And so it's just like work from home. Like I get hey, random assignments. Amazing. And so it's just like super, super part time. But like perfect. This feels like an important, the moral of the story wow. is sh- shout what you need. Shout. Literally sh- talk about what you need. Yeah. And someone will just appear like. Oh my god! I, I that's so crazy. You saying that? That's Wait, that's incredible. Jobs and housing work in New York. You just have to be like, does anybody need a roommate? And then seven people will be like, actually, I have a friend of a friend of a friend who's looking, mm-hmm. and like that's just how yeah. Go. Like, yeah. what were you doing at the hospital? Please explain. Medicine. Medicine. <laughs> I was doing surgery. Was it a hospice? It was no. It's it's um a big cancer hospital in Manhattan, and what I was doing is coordinating. What virtual pro like virtual support groups for uh, cancer survivors, which was that is really specific. It's the equivalent of like Talking what I would do is like, yeah. But... So I, <laughs> I just like make a Zoom meeting and send the link to a few <laughs> people, and then I would get a phone call from an elderly person being like, I don't know how to use this, and then I would explain <laughs> over the phone how to use it, and then they would have support groups. So boys, if you're in one of these support groups, I just want you to know they don't just happen. Yeah, they don't just. <laughs> Show up. There's a woman behind them, and you need to be thanking her. The woman behind the support group. The person that planned your chemo support group, your cancer survivor support group, has dreams too, and yeah. remember that. And like, you know what I was going to talk about for my voice club was Succession. Duh. Oh. Oh my gosh. What about Succession? I just saw the new episode last night. I fucking love it. If I okay. I realized watching the new episode last night that I don't think I finished last season. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, what are they talking about? Well, I was like. What is Gojo? I think I saw the season finale where Kendall told the siblings. Oh my god, is this like a succession spoilers podcast? Yeah, spoiler no, alerts right spoil now it. for if you don't want to skip ahead thirty seconds. I 
We saw the episode where Kendall tells his siblings that he killed someone at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Is that the season finale? Wait, did who did? Okay, I actually I only watched half of season one, but who did he kill and how? He hit a no, he didn't hit a, a waiter. He went with a waiter to pick up drugs, and then they got in like a car accident on the way back, and the waiter and the car went into a river? Question mm-hmm. mark. Mm-hmm. Like like the Kennedys. Is that what the it was kind of the perfect it was kind of the perfect That's what thing with the Kennedys isn't there wasn't there a Kennedy that like went off a bridge in Chappaquiddick there's gotta be oh my god history I've podcast <laughs> pseudoscience history Taylor Swift pseudo history well there's a theory that out of the woods is about her and Harry Styles hitting someone in the woods with their car <gasps> that would be a crazy way for me to tell that people who are in that that into the fan theories need to need to take a break need no to i think that it, there's a certain <laughs> amount of wealth that you really are hitting people in the woods with your car like at a certain point well that's why that's i thought i felt like that the way that they had that structure that um death in succession was kind of perfect because it was like it's not like kendall like murdered him it right. was like he just happened to also be in the car i forget if he grabbed the wheel or what was going on definitely there was some like it was like he gets out of the car and the car is still sinking and he makes no effort to rescue the guy he, like, i think it's like goes why he once. feels like and responsible he's probably for the like murder. legally like i don't know a ton about the legality involved this yeah. or the show actually but like, i have no idea legal. and it's in scotland isn't yeah. it or something like that or the so- somewhere else yeah england you scotland, do not somewhere. want to get caught up with a murder in another country uh, absolutely not. I was about to be like Amanda Knox. That's not yes. what happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're so right. And I was, I was like, I feel like I've thought about this before. And it was like, you're right, Amanda Knox. Yes, Amanda Knox. <laughs> I was talking about this with Maddie and and some and Issa and some others yesterday. Um, after Maggie's show messed with us, shout out. We were talking about um, if you left the United States. I, I somehow it came up some situation if you were like some people left the United States and denounced their U.S. citizenship, like whatever. So they're no longer U.S. citizens and now they're full like citizens of some other country. And then Issa was like, oh, but I bet because you were already a citizen, it would probably be pretty easy to get your citizenship back here. And I was like, no, 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 no. The United States is a spiteful country. Like, I feel like they're going to be like, oh, you renounced your citizenship? Fucking good luck without us. Is there feel like that's probably I have never thought about people renouncing their citizenship before because is it someone renounces their citizenship and they have a citizenship elsewhere, right? Because, like, I hear it's incredibly difficult agent. to be nationless. Anyone else hear this? <laughs> Anyone else hear this recently? Wait, could you imagine being a free agent? You just a, a nomad. free agent. It would be incredible. You have no rights. You, have, you can't get into any country because you can't get through customs. Yeah, where would wait, you then, do? where would you land? Like, okay, so, wait, so, oh my God. What? I like was listening to NPR and they were saying that there is a country that I can't remember that is like stripping people of their nationality that's like saying you're not a citizen here anymore but it's people who aren't citizens anywhere else and then they're nationless but then what country was that is really my question and we can cut that if you need <laughs> no we're keeping it because that's almost history know. wow yeah this is now a pseudo news <laughs> podcast too <laughs> it's so interesting because I've never the way you described that was fascinating to me because I've never like associated my status as an American with like oh these are my rights yeah but so, you're right it's like you're entitled to like certain things as an American and you have like this like thing that helps you get like you could go to the UK and make it through customs because they can be like oh you're an American citizen like we have recourse for who you are or yeah. whatever and what you do here and I and I feel like up until really what happened with Brittany Griner I think and I'm sure there have been plenty of situations before that that just hadn't had as much publicity but I feel like one of the understandings as an American was like you're kind of like oh well if shit hits the fan somewhere else they're gonna come get me was kind of like mm-hmm. the thing. Kamala's gonna be on a plane but like obviously that's ass. not the case <laughs> like they left, they left one of our professional athletes high and dry in Russia for a long time so like you know that was the what most are they gonna do for insane, us insane every single like 
time that she would speak like on camera or like send a letter and you would like or you would just like hear what like the like sort of like plea she had to be like to the America like hey guys please come no, I like mean please it now. make please a deal. like please make some kind of like arrangement and it it's just so was dark. so dark uh. and the twist it, tur- it took where it was like we need to pay women more it was also just like fascinating it's like oh my god <laughs> this is such a, a, le- a left turn and expect in this news story because they're like if we paid women more then right. she wouldn't have she to would work have to in Russia in the first place she, she wasn't there for vacation no she was there playing basketball because they yeah. were paying a lot of money yeah yeah yeah. well did that any change happen from that well she's back now so I know but did any systemic change happen <laughs> oh you know it's always she's just back well, Remember that yeah, there was another it's just one news story after the next. Nobody can do anything. And there was another guy that we did leave behind. Yes, because they were like, we were gonna, we're gonna get two guys, and they're like, no. We're... I think they uh, asked him at a press being conference. The two in the cell, and they were like, <laughs> <laughs> I forget who it was. Whether it was Joe or Kareen, one of the one of our one of our fellow Americans who also has rights with us, but was they were like, what about the other guy? And they're like, come on. Like relax. Can this be a win? Can this be a W day? Yes. So many of the headlines were like. We got Brittany Griner, but we left. What's his name? Because the media this loves. Is so to horrible be- to not even. I don't even know anything yeah. about him. I know nothing about and him. I'll show my cards. I didn't even know there was a second person until There's today. A second person. <laughs> he's been there longer, and he's like a wife. But like, it's what it is. Oh man. Well, I, it's hard. Okay, I'll go. We should just go. Let's go get him. <laughs> Everybody. That's- Activate the boys. Activate the boys that this are listening. Is a, listen, this boys is at pilot. home, we are gonna rally together. We're gonna go get that guy. Um, wait. <laughs> we're here for and, that guy. And first we're going to learn his name and then we're going to go get that guy. Knowing, well, his, knowing I, his name is going to be so important to getting him. <laughs> you remember the guy in North Korea named Otto? No. Every time a I man named somebody, Otto? I mean, no, I know. Every time there's a guy. Oh, you're, I think you're referencing a movie. Is I'm that a movie? referencing the Tom Hanks film that seems to be about nothing and everything all at once. Uh, <laughs> no correlation to the actual everything everywhere all at once. But there was that guy, Otto, who was there on a mission trip. And then he was like abducted by the North Korean. What's he doing on a mission trip? Exactly, that's, that's a mission. It's to, like if you're failure. there trying to get people on you into your church, you, then you deserve to get arrested and stay there. But and he, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, it's like yeah, that's, the punishment fits the crime. Yeah. The only thing I don't, I literally don't know anything about being held in North Korea in that way, except for <laughs> um, on 30 Rock when Jack's wife did. gets abducted. Do you guys, oh, did you guys see that? Yeah. Elizabeth Banks. Yes, and Elizabeth Banks. Um, this is an Elizabeth Banks podcast. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks becomes a prisoner in North Korea and has to produce like news about North Korea, and that's the plot line, and that's it. Yes, <laughs> Whenever I, I imagine Wait, that's so someone funny. being an American being held in a different country, I'm imagining them like in the Elizabeth Banks plot line from 30 Rock. <laughs> when, when things like that, like with uh, the getting Brit, Brittany, Jesus Christ, Brittany Griner back and not the other guy, it does make me feel like the the government really is running like Veep, where they're like, okay, mm-hmm. we got to schedule it for that day so that I can be free for the press conference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can't get her today. It we can't get her today. Me. I'm busy. I got a hair appointment. It's like it's all held together by like string. Literally. Anyway. I wish people could see us because I keep doing exactly what Connor is doing. They both have their arms kind of crossed no, over their heads. I was looking at you putting your hand over your, there your have arm been over your head and being like, I'll I do sit this. Like this. And then our guest sits like normal. And then I'm like, I feel inappropriate. If I was sitting normal, I would feel so sad. <laughs> we were... No, and I love that you guys are all like cuddled up. I have to sit reclined like this because I just had a big lunch at Sunday in Brooklyn. Is that what it's called? Oh, Wait, nice. is that on, is that up the road? It's yes. in Williamsburg. Yes, it's in Williamsburg, and I had driven past it, and my friend, 
my friend i have friends from college and you know your friends from college you like go eat together or whatever mm-hmm. like and they'll be like oh i haven't seen you in a while like let's go ha- eat, have brunch or whatever anyway she said do you want to do sunday in brooklyn and i just thought she meant like do you want to have brunch on sunday in brooklyn <laughs> yeah. and i was like of course anyway that's how i heard about this restaurant i went there today with tej before this he drove me amazing okay that's a boys club tej with a car it's so wait awesome. i didn't respond to the part where you said that's what you do with your friends from college but i was like busy forming opinions about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that is a distinction between, it's definitely like a certain type of friend. Mm -hmm. Like there are people that you're like, we're just going to go to the park. We're going to chill. We're going to vibe. We're going to watch TV. And then there's someone who's like, no, we need to be in a business establishment spending Mm. money together. And like, that's like a whole thing. What you're talking about is friends with real jobs. Those these are my friends. These are my friends. These, I can. I used to call these brunches I have my corporate brunches mm. because my both my friends have corporate jobs, and so they always want to go to like a nice restaurant to eat. And I would go like, and especially before I was working at the hospital, and when I was like working as an usher at a theater, I was like, I'm gonna use my paycheck to go to brunch, <laughs> to get one brunch with my friends. Oh, it's brutal. But they would often actually treat me to lunch back then. I feel like eleven months ago. You paid for Ubers that I never paid you back for. But it's fine. In LA and It'll all shake out. In May of 2022. It's going to be a long life between me and you. And I've we're going to have... Th- you're going to buy me stuff. I'm going to buy you stuff. It's there fine. There literally are times where I think about it. I'm just like... And I don't want you to. Fr- I want to free you of that. I know. That's what I want to say to my friends too. Like, I'm not like... So many people, I'll be like, let me... Like, I'm going to get a beer. Do you want one? And they're like, yeah, I'll then my you. And I'm like, for one beer, that wouldn't... I, I have $8 to spend on you. I like you. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah and it's... Truly, it's like, rather than me, like, buying you, because, like, especially with a lot of our friends who I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll buy you a a birthday gift, but it'll probably be a, my my go-to has been a card and a couple of joints has been my my birthday gifts for people. Oh, that's great. Um, I didn't get you anything for your birthday. That but I got okay. you a stapler for Christmas. Oh it's in an Amazon box in my house. A stapler? Yeah, did I tell you this? Oh, I actually would love that if you want to I, Wait, do you need it? Yeah. I got you a stapler for Christmas and never took it out of the box because oh, I felt weird. Perfe- that's a perfect gift, actually. Wait, I, I got one. I mean that. I, and sorry, ago. what do you need a stapler for? I'm always you, printing shit out. You're dealing, with <laughs> 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 you're dealing with documents? You're dealing with documents? Nico, don't We have to free that house? man in Russia. I'm dealing with documents. Every document has his name on it, but we don't remember what it is. It's all redacted. I can't see it. To me, printer is just one thing in your life that's gonna break and that's really that's so jaded no, don't say that about my printer <laughs> no not your not your printer another printer. Hey, i got that printer for my birthday printer. for my parents one's... a couple years ago it was wait, my birthday gift wait what's your love language i feel like i'm throwing away back mine's mine is acts of service i was thinking recently because my anniversary is next week like it's exciting it is exciting well because i have never been in a relationship for a year before like mm. never made it to that point um I am was thinking today like what have been like the most like romantic things because we're supposed to go on a date for our anniversary I su- suppose is like what has to happen mm-hmm. what has to happen <laughs> what we get to do for fun <laughs> um, and I was like what was the most romantic thing and I was like I and my brain was like I really liked when after the improv jam Tej noticed I hadn't had dinner and then took me to get a cheeseburger like Aww, that's that was sweet. it was so sweet. And it was, and he was like, "Oh, I don't want to stay and talk to anybody. Like, you haven't had dinner. Let's just like go get you some dinner." That's and really he, what an act of service is. It like it implies that this person is recognizing your needs. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Like it's you. not about the service; it's about the awareness of where you're at and what you need. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel like you're good at communicating what you need to a partner? No. <laughs> that and me neither. And so that's why it's so when whenever there's like awareness of my needs, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. uh. <laughs> 
You yeah. gotta be kidding. I hate asking for things. There's nothing more vulnerable than asking for something. Yeah, I think it depends. I definitely feel like I've gotten better at it, but I think it also depends on the context. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's so sweet, though. There's nothing. That's one of the best well, parts about being in a relationship is being like, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's go. Let's go get food. Taylor Swift getaway car. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe Maddie is just, like, in tune with you enough that you don't feel, like, that friction of, like, oh, am I even allowed to ask? Because yeah. maybe she's, like, on your the same page as you. Yeah. she. I feel like we definitely have a lot. Of, we have pretty, like, symbiotic thought processes, typically. With my relationships yeah. with women, it's been so there's been such a more like a stronger expectation that they would understand me, and then when they don't, I'm like, you're not psychic, like, you have, <laughs> like I feel yeah. so betrayed by that, and uh, that or at least that's just been my experience in my like very limited dating life. Yeah. And then with Tej, I was like, there's just no way he will ever see me, and then he absolutely does, and like puts in the effort <laughs> too, and I'm like, how could this be true? <laughs> I love that. Wait, are you an ENFP? Oh, here we are. <laughs> you are an ENFP. I, I think actually that's right. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> well, while we're on the, while we're asking questions, I'm psychic. Um, some questions. <laughs> Wait, my my response to how women, like women, will, the assumption that women will understand you. My version of that is that I always think women are going to be like nice to me because <laughs> like because I'm just like gay or something and harmless. And then my whole <laughs> life, anytime a woman is like not, I'm just like. What? It's like when a like if a queer person does like that's like the difference between like when you like don't do well in front of a straight audience you're like okay but when you don't do well in front of a gay audience you're like oh I'm bad like, you're my people like, you're they supposed hate to be me allies. and I'm wrong for some reason and then he's like no penetrative sex gay men it is bad <laughs> listen to me <laughs> okay can I ask you a question and maybe yeah, we can yeah. cut this if you have absolutely no response to this no, totally. which is that I have felt in my life like there's not just like a strong alliance between gay men and women, but between fat women and gay men that there is like an even stronger alliance. Wait, that is so interesting. Yeah. I think it's like, cause you're on the peripherals of something. Yeah. Like, and I always felt that way at school, like in particular, like growing up, like that I was able to like relate to gay boys I was going to school with because they had crushes on boys that did not like them. And I had yeah. crushes on boys that did not like mm. me and that we were both sort of like reject, like, yeah, it's like the ultimate, like, side side of the room relationship. Yeah, and so there's something and about so just like observing like the acceptable, like yes, middle pe- of of like boys and girls that like each other or whatever. Yeah, wait, that's really interesting. That is interesting. I I feel like I've had relationships like in when I was out in college and I was like there were like men I had relationships who were also kind of like yeah I guess we're just gonna pine after these girls that are never gonna come come looking for us either you know what I mean because mm-hmm. it was also like like a similar thing where it's like yeah you do kind of have this like trauma bond over like I guess we're out here yeah. watching everybody else play the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it's so like it for some reason I maybe like I demented child or whatever but like in high school I was like this is the most like I felt like my like strongest most understood relationship was with like the only gay guy at my school or whatever because we just like would both have the crush on the same guy who would like one girl and we would just be like she sucks she sucks <laughs> everyone he likes is so stupid and we're so smart <laughs> and one day he'll regret ignoring us so <laughs> oh, incredibly and it's also like an imperfect alliance in some ways because I've also found that like 
this was like a point of friction in like two relationships I had like two friendships I had with gay men is like I would like imply that we had this like sort of like bond of like we're not acceptable and they would be like well you're choosing to be fat and I'm not choosing to be gay and I would oh be like oh. or like that would be like the subtext of what yeah, they say next and I'd be works. like I don't, I'm not choosing this and like, that man was Christian Miller <laughs> <laughs> and this is mess with us <laughs> uh, okay I think that women that like Fit this like Kappa Kappa Gamma Bleach Blonde Kelly McEnany Bleach Blonde Why do like, you gotta drop the name? We're gonna have to edit it out No but she <laughs> She's Trump's press secretary We don't need to edit that Oh okay <laughs> You go read You need to read You need to read a little life Okay you read a little life And now you're a learned man I read a little life And now I'm talking about the press secretary Sorry I'm too busy Trying to save an American citizen On other soil Printing out documents Those girls Wait but I am gonna drop a name Nothing's... Kelly Hill In particular oh, Kelly Hill With two E's What okay. are you doing? But my mom actually supposed to be the same defense, way. In my defense, before you continue, in my defense, he drops names on this podcast all the time, and we're like, we have to edit them out in case the lawyers come from us. Uh-huh. We didn't edit out last time. This boy I went to high school with who who tried to lead Day of Silence, but I liked that we didn't cut it out. Oh, okay, sorry. Nico's <laughs> like that was a huge Kevin. error. <laughs> 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 Listen, we're not perfect. So Kelly McEnany, the pre- Trump, Trump's pre- Kelly Hill lives in Florida. <laughs> I think that women that like fit that like mold of they're like we're like the bleach blonde girl and we're like the, the bikini girl and we're like like little like skinny little whatever. Mm-hmm. They're more likely to tokenize a gay man mm. for what I don't know why and I cannot tell you why. But there's definitely more of that thing where it's like one time I remember in college she said to me. My dad would never let me take it to formal because he made me take a real man. Dad, <laughs> I know it. And it's like, yeah, well, then I've actually a podcast and you um live, you're MAGA. So like, no, I know. Wait, I sound, I, this isn't a sob story. I mean, well, you got, like, you back your mic. This isn't a sob story. I back it up and then yell like, no, 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 no. But I don't think that that's like rare. And there's like, like that, I think that happens a lot. Like mm. those girls are just like, Definitely more likely to be like, this is my gay best friend. Uh, like, yeah, I'm actually really, I'm very, what about, this is your friend with anxiety. Yeah. Okay. This is your friend with opinions. There's that excellent, <laughs> there's that excellent movie. No, it's not excellent. And the second <laughs> I say it, you guys are going to be like, shut up. You guys know the movie Gay Best Friend, GBF, the Wait. MTV movie? No, I never saw it. I'm like familiar with but it. But I love that it was on MTV though. That fits perfectly. Yes. And it has... Oh my god, I can't even remember the name of the guy. It doesn't matter. He's in faking it briefly, I think. Or maybe he's a main character. Who could even t- say now? <laughs> but <laughs> that movie talks so much about like the propensity to like desexualize your like gay best friend, which to I like once I heard that, do you ever like hear something and you're like, "Oh my god, that's what's been happening." Or like I never paid it like, mm-hmm. "Oh, yeah, of course that's been happening." And I've just been sitting here waiting like watching that happen and not being able to like describe it. Yeah. It's like the it's like not only is it like a tokenized thing, but it's like, I'm not even treating you like you have a full life. Like when I was someone, cause when I was, it, cause being a woman gay best friend is like not really the same at all in terms of tokening or <laughs> It's not often that they even come for, <laughs> for those of us who for were in art. <laughs> <laughs> but it was sort of like, there was a period of time where I was like, oh, I'm like this girl's pet. Like she yeah. doesn't imagine me as having like a world totally yeah it is pretty rare that they're like we gotta get a lesbian in the group somewhere <laughs> I, I even feel that sometimes in groups of <laughs> cis white gay men we all tokenize each other mm. I mean that's the nature of tokenization is just whittling you down to like what your othered quality is and mm-hmm. like your your and it's just yeah it's I mean the same way I feel the same way it's like oh I'm not the only one in the room anymore 
who is this way and that's really nice because then it's like not uh, it's never about my queerness or my transness or anything it's about just Mm -hmm. being another friend in the group Mm -hmm. which is so nice yeah Yeah. because we are such complicated individuals yeah it's like don't whittle me down to just that that's actually the least interesting thing about me i know not really but kind of no it is (laughs) (laughs) okay so speaking of vapid gay men what is a boys club that you are not a part of (laughs) i was thinking about this great transition I was thinking about this and I was pitching ideas to Tej over lunch and he did not understand what a boys club was because he was like, that's not even a group of boys. We and don't he was understand like, either. Thing. And did, he was you, like, did you and read him my like, disclaimer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. And so all of my pitches were like, not groups of boys. And he was like, and I was like, no, a boys club is just like an exclusive group that like looks down on others for not being in that group. We're going to send that voice memo, what you just said. To I'm gonna, it was so funny listening to Ebon's episode this morning because he said his <laughs> boys club he's not in that he wants to be in is a doo-wop group. And that made me laugh so hard. I know, his episode was, like, was that's great. sort of <laughs> sort of a boys club <laughs> really love that um no but i um was thinking this morning that i wanted to say um the like little goth girls of brooklyn but now i'm realizing on top of what i just said i'm not a misogynist i like <laughs> i'm like every type of woman is a little bit bad to me <laughs> my former roommate maddie a little goth girl spends so much time on like making herself look so beautiful. And by so much time, I mean that as like the highest compliment. Like she cares for herself mm-hmm. yeah. and like takes like care of her appearance in a way that I just like, I I don't know if I'm like mentally ill <laughs> or whatever, but I cannot put in the I was never work. part of that group either where I was never able to, and I'm sure that's got a lot of things to do with it, but I've never been the person who can like take the extra care into my... Like, I'll, I just recently got into really being good about putting lotion on. Yes. And I'm 25. Like, it took me a long time to be like, you know what? You you really got to do this. Hey, we're just going to get a bunch of crazy procedures. <laughs> oh, no. <that's> like, <laughs> an ounce of prevention is more than a, what, a pound of care or whatever it is. Okay, okay, reader. <laughs> to, what is it? I can't even speak today. An I'm so sorry. Is worth the is worth a pound of protect. What is it? I don't know. That's not. What's anything. the two things? <laughs> An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of um, fixing it. Yeah. The, whatever that would be. Solution. The ladled spoon catches the potato. <laughs> you not heard that before? That was not anything. That's, that's from Into the Woods. If you were cast, you would have remembered it. Maybe. Oh, that was a low blow. <laughs> that's actually from the second part of Into the Woods Junior. It wasn't even in the Junior. Wait, Nico okay. was cut from one musical. That's the only one I ever auditioned for. And it was Into grade. the Woods Junior. Brutal. You were cut? Or, or, you, or you... Only one cut. Which is honestly like... Auditioned? Didn't get it. Could only you imagine one. using your status as a middle school musical director to like pick on... To, to be take me. one sixth grader and shoo him away. Like... You didn't that have to be in that many so, numbers. So I could have done anything. Yeah. And instead of played basketball. So. I think that your sixth grade music teacher, if they are like a fascist crazy person, you become crazy yourself. <laughs> so maybe better to have distance from that person. True, true, Yeah. True. It's not like you were trying to show up to those. Like, that's a, not even a good musical. Because I became like a, I will get a choir solo and that will fix everything type of sixth grader. Mm. And you don't want to, you being her was so hard. Her, yeah. Her <laughs> name was... She went to NYU and now oh, she's a geez. speech therapist. <laughs> and I should reach out to her about my lisp. Oh, for Christ's sake. You're kind of just playing. Now, at the boys at home, are you playing bingo for the things we would say we wouldn't talk about? Because uh, that's a blackout board now. <laughs> it's, um, it you. is so 
crazy because I'm now thinking about the other girls who wanted to do choir solos, and I think two of them are speech therapists or like speech pathologists or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's all. Uh, I a job can be anything. I, I, I hate every I, speech pathologist, but I do need one. Wait. Back to little goth girls. Oh yeah. Do you guys know who what like what type of thing I am describing? Yes. The way that, those two examples that you used of Kylie and Kenzie, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Because, and here's where those examples maybe won't work, and you'll be like, this isn't true for them. It's my imagination of what a goth girl's life is like. I am tired, so tired of uh, boys being like men being so mean to me. Do you guys? And, and uh, there's like a specific type of man, a specific type of comic who is lo- like will engage the little goth girl or whatever and i feel like like can't like even register that i like am alive mm-hmm. in a space and it's not like they lay the what they're doing to the goth girl is horrible because mm-hmm. they're like objectifying and sort of like sexualizing often and like whatever sort of like narrowing their like creepy focus onto them mm-hmm. um but I am, like, so, like, exhausted by trying to be, like, I, like, take up physical space in the world. And yeah, I would like yeah. you to, like, if you're walking over to talk to me and my friend, I'd like you to talk to me to, like, address me, too. Yeah. <sighs> Boys' etiquette in social situations, when they do have one person that they are attracted to and then, like, there's a whole other group of people that maybe they're not looking at. The way that they just focus, and it's, like, <laughs> it's first crazy. of all, that's not good flirting. You need to be... You know what I mean? Present uh-huh. with the whole room, not just this. Like, it's creepy to just stare at one person. Flirting is not how you talk to and the person you have a crush on. It's how else. you talk in front of the person you have a crush on, mm-hmm. six yards away, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Like when we were in New Orleans, and I wanted to, I had a crush on that one guy. It wasn't until I said, "Let's go do Adderall in your room," that I talked to him directly. You know what I mean? Totally. I know the exact type of guy, and I got a list of them in my head that you're talking about. And Wait, it's, it's name them. <laughs> Mouth the names. Wait, we're gonna cut. To help me. The straight man himself might be good, but he comes with a gaggle of people that are not fun to be around. And it's so hard because I, like, have become such a crazy person, which I had no idea. Because I went to, I went to an all, like, a historically women's college, um, and there, like, the baseline of, like, sort of, like, feminist thought was, like, you know, like, people Wait, shouldn't... Wait, not Bryn Mawr. No, I went to Wellesley. Oh, well, I'm a huge Mona Lisa Smile fan. Oh, good. It's I just, it's actually movie. exactly like that. <laughs> that movie made me be like, I want to study art history. I'm a want to study art history and i saw it like three years after i started at wellesley and i was like why am i do art history why am i taking an econ class <laughs> that is julia roberts just like at her best she's so good in that and julia styles doing whatever she does doing whatever she does and that little round face girl remember her i love that i love that movie she's just not that into you What's her name? Angie. Oh, no, I know exactly. Oh, the, Jennifer Goodwin. Jennifer, Jennifer Goodwin is literally Jennifer Goodwin. <laughs> Little round face girl. I love her. Well, should we ask our next question? Yes. What's a boys club that you are in? Oh, I think I was going to say uh, girl improvisers. Oh, my answers yes. are so gendered. Why? Um, but yeah, wow, I guess. It's, it's baked into the boys club. It's baked into the boys club. Yeah, I think um, a boys club I'm in that I really love is women improvisers because it's so... I don't know, like, it feels so special because mm. I, like, I'm on a, obviously, like, on an all-woman improv team right now, not like other girls. Yep. And it so came good. about because we were all going to this, like, jam at the BCC, and we were watching scene after scene where, like, <laughs> I always, this is the example I always give is, like, a girl will walk into a scene and a guy will walk in behind her and she'll say something and they'll be like... Oh, like, ignore her. That's my bitch wife. Or, like, oh they'll walk into a scene together and be like, she's my mute wife. 
Or like, she's my mute mother. Or she's so stupid, don't listen to her. She's senile wench or whatever. Which, first of all, I don't know much about improv, but I thought it was yes and. <laughs> so. and well, then, well, then the, as the girl in that scene, you have to be like, yeah, I am your bitch mother. Like, you can't <laughs> be like, you can't be like, don't daughter. say that about me. Yeah. Wait, I, but truly, like, when I was growing up and stuff, I always, like, like the women that were on SNL were always my favorite. And, like, I always loved movies like Bridesmaids. And I never really resonated with, like, quote boy humor movies like mm-hmm. like i don't know like i like stepbrothers never really did it for me i just like Step wasn't never did it for me it like, just wasn't my speed and like now in the scene i'm like i am so ex- like i'm so much more attentive i feel like my, my i give every woman i see on stage the benefit of the doubt immediately whereas like i feel like straight men really have to win me over mm-hmm. um, i feel the same way and but apparently that's like a crazy opinion to have or whatever. We're Wait, so fucking crazy. Here's why I know it's being crazy. so like on the ball. I Jesus thought Christ. it was so normal. And I like must be so like must have come out of college so naive. And I because, but I would say stuff like, oh, like men do this, and people would be like, you really gonna generalize like that? And it's like, what? I don't know. Like <laughs> what? You don't think there are like some like patriarchal norms like i have to convince you of that basic like fact that it seems crazy that i would have to like break like break down the whole conversation like i can't even like i don't know you can't say anything these days i realize this with the oscars you can't even be mean to boys anymore (laughs) well i would say like it was hard doing improv with boys and they would be like okay like judgmental a little or and i'd be like no it was like just like hard it was like a gamble going to this jam so we like started a group of like so that we could like have improv where we're like all listening to each other and nobody feels like they're in a scene where they're not like being appreciated as like a full performer yeah and so i think it's like a really good group and initially like we had so many people interested in joining because it was and i didn't know like what it was going to become or anything like that and at the beginning i was like yeah we should have like a huge like collective of like girl improvisers because there should be like a place where you're not going to walk on stage and someone is going to be like are you on your period you like dumb oh, slut <laughs> it takes us like one guy Listen. in your group who does not care what you have to say to like make you feel blown up and like not like a real participant in the yeah. event and when anybody can show up anybody will show up and yes that is a problem there's no barrier <laughs> to entry do you guys think about this there's no time box 6 p.m <laughs> yeah, i no. think about it yeah i think about it there is when no i was like that's good yeah. i feel like brooklyn is so accepting talk like, about a boys box six once the boys find the l they find the l because yeah. this is someone's boys can't find the clip but they can find the l hell <laughs> i i we've talked about this before but like i it's something i've noticed like, obviously, I have kind of a dual perspective on these things, like, having been a part of both men and women. But, like, I absolutely notice, like, at mics and stuff like that, that, like, when women get on stage, like, the room just isn't quiet in the same way versus, like, when I would get on, like, and then it's like, oh, I notice that the room is immediately quiet because I'm up here and it's my turn. Versus, like, sometimes women, like, there's a little bit of chatting and like, the beginning, it's like, we all have three minutes. Like, that when the time starts, you need to be ready to, like, let listen to this person let them have their time. And it, it's it's... And it's insanely frustrating to see, like, yeah. how... And every time I'm like, the women are funnier. They just are. They're so funny. So much funnier. Like, it just is the natural state of the world that, like, if you have any sort of perspective that is going to go against the grain of, the mon- like, the dominant culture, you're going to have something more interesting to say. So, like, women, queer people, people of color, like, are just naturally going to have more interesting things to say. And that should not be, like, a radical thought to say. No. About, especially about the, like about like noticing that like men are that everyone is paying attention to you when you go up but it like is 
because when you tr- when I try to make like an observation like that in front of like certain male comedians, they'll be like, well, if you were really like, or like, well, if, and I will usually be like, oh, people talk through like this great girl comedian set. And they'll be like, oh, well, if she was really good, she could get everyone's attention. Oh, fuck off. And, <laughs> and it's like, I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to be arguing with you. No. Like, <laughs> if we don't have the same, like if we don't That's have the, the baseline, yes, exactly. we're just not meant to talk to each other. Yeah. I'm and like, okay, well, I guess before... I'll just fly out of here. <laughs> <laughs> By, you said that like, especially, and this is so relevant in Brooklyn because like so many people are all, but that men are given the grace to be alt yes this is something i have been i have been trying to like articulate properly recently but it's something that i've really i I notice it even more so and i'm sure with any sort of like non-traditional and like i'm sure that that issue is even worse among queer women versus straight women getting the type of attention or like women of color versus white women getting like certain attention on stage or like whatever but um, I've noticed a lot with I feel like with alt comedians like when there's like men who are alt or just like that crazy guy on stage like people really still focus but like I feel like there's so many women who are alt comedians who have to work so much harder to show that they're like whatever they're trying to do to like I don't know to like get the attention or get the, the, the praise that they deserve like it takes them so much longer whereas I feel like there's a lot of guys doing alt stuff that just like oh he's just like that wacky dude so like we're gonna like Haha, ha, I don't know. That's like, yeah. I don't know. I'm still not articulating great, but I, I, I really noticed that and it drives me nuts because there's so many women doing like cool things that are just like not getting their, their flowers. I agree. And this is sort of a related thing. I want to know if you guys have observed this. Um, and maybe, well, okay. What I was thinking is I was thinking about a particular comic recently and how his material is sort of like a satire on like an existing male stereotype um, of like a type of male comic. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was thinking, like, people are both, like, so familiar with that type of comic that they, like, respond positively to him. And also he has, like, such a rich, like, background of, like, this is a type of comic you can be that he can, like, play with. But with women comics, there's, like, not so much, like, space, like, Mm -hmm. in history. You can't be, like, I'm walking on stage and you recognize, like, the outline of what I'm doing. So you can't, like, if I were, like, a satire of a female comic, like, there's only, like, really one way... Like, there's, like, one sort of image, I think, like, in the cultural, like, zeitgeist of, like, what that would really mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's, like, Nikki I'm thinking Blazer, of, like, yes, exactly. I would have to be, like, a... Kathy Griffin, Joan Rivers. Exactly. So, that's... I was thinking of, like, exactly, I was thinking of Eliza Schlesinger when I was, like, thinking, I was, like, well, what's the, like, girl... Who is this, like, girl character? Like, if I wanted to play yeah. with that. Yeah. Because I could... Because, like, satirizing something is, like... A, a writing project that I would love to do. Like, yeah. if it seemed, but that is not like an interesting enough character or whatever. I'm just like not There's, as fascinated yeah. with it. And, and I was just thinking, like, there are so many like different ways for a man to be a comic. That sort of like fratty persona. And they just say <laughs> things that yeah. like are the, um, like, anti- or like are like subversive to the fratty persona. Like, that in itself like creates like a funny moment. Yeah. And that like is a such genuine, a, of and, genuine gut perspective coming out of a fratty voice yes yeah and so that is like a six that is like a successful formula to create comedy mm-hmm. but it's not something that i could engage with like i can't like it's like a formula i understand and i think i could reproduce but having the knowledge and like skill to reproduce it would not result in my success right, right. because you don't have the inherent like persona so, no absolutely <laughs> yeah. esther esther Fallock and i were having this conversation kind of an adjacent conversation about how like we're like oh i wonder in 15 years what we're gonna what is gonna be like hack trans Mm -hmm. material because right now there's not any really hack trans material i mean maybe in this like brooklyn like pool of people where we see a lot of 
at least in the world that I'm in, where I see a lot of it. So like maybe there are certain things I would consider hack, but the most of the world has not heard material about like trans people. So like nothing is hack yet because it's such a new, like it, it's not an, obviously it's not a new thing, but it's being talked about in a way, in a very new way right now. So there's not like a lot of like, so that's kind of a positive because there's not like a lot of hack, but at the same time, there's not like this like deep history of like material to like look back on or build off of because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. In the same way that there's not all these like tropes of like women in comedy that you can just like it's not the same pool that you can pull from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Oh, when that's... I first started, I was like obsessed with watching. I was obsessed with finding any gay comedians because there like weren't that many. Like it was Mateo Lane, Joel Kimbuster, like Jay Jordan on the bat, kind of towards the end. But it's true. Like if you're a straight guy. How do they find their people? <laughs> like you have so many people. Yeah, there's so many people you could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. The options are almost limitless. It's like any every Netflix special is a man, for the yeah. most part. I, I I think about this all the time. Like I am always trying to find a like a frame of reference for my own performance mm-hmm. because it's you know it comes from somewhere. Like everybody is like mimicking their favorite person or mimicking a person that they like understand the rhythm of their thing, mm-hmm. whatever especially when they start and it's hard for me to like pinpoint who my person is or like who my people are like my influences for Mm -hmm. writing um and someone on tiktok commented like girl mitch hedberg and i was like so pleased and then i was like wait a minute everybody thinks they're everybody thinks they sound like mitch hedberg everybody would if someone who doesn't know comedy would be like yeah mitch hedberg like a joke that's like mitch hedberg would make that's so funny that's why you like seeing you play basketball and be like you're a real lebron james yeah it's literally like, <laughs> and i spent a day being like i just like mitch hedberg i figured it out hey you know do you yeah. like eliza i um have seen two of her specials um the first one i liked parts of she's like a little bit I, the thing is is i judge people so much on their like m- the messages or like the thrust of what they're saying yeah and a lot of it her like uh perception of womanhood which i think is like true to my experience but like not something that i think like we should accept unchallenged is like the idea that like a woman's goal is to be observed by a man or like a woman's goal yeah. like and she's like saying like it's just true and it's like okay like i get there is like an element of like women feel this pressure to be like observable by men Mm -hmm. or in like these different contexts but like we there's there's no element like part of her show where she's like and we know that that is like so wrong and that would not be funny and there but there could be a funny way to do that but it's just like that last little like she well, never goes there. Yeah, completely. It's just the like the baseline. This is the way the world is, and it's like yeah, like we all know that. And what's interesting about and that? it leads to like her doing like her classic like impression of other women is like her making that sort of like sheep noise, yeah, like the yeah. ah, like to <laughs> describe what women like sound like, like what like basic women sound like to her. Yeah. Um, but that is like her filtering other women through like a sort of like a male like they're basic like. Those yeah. are just like what those basic women are like or whatever. Right. I don't know. So it's not like my, it doesn't so resonate with me, but she, you have to like, she's like incredibly successful performer. Like she is really like a strong like writer. She's been able to like write so much comedy and she has, I think like a bunch of specials. Yeah. 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 She's I definitely think that about Mateo Lane, sort of same, same, but different. Mateo Lane rose as a gay comedian in a time where there weren't any. And because the complaint about him is that he tokenizes himself, mm-hmm. which, like, I'm sure we all tokenize ourselves a little bit, but like, 
Yeah, he was like 2017. There was no gay comedians past like, like the cellar, and he like was the first one. Like that, I think like mm. all of that. It's like you made it work. You could say the same thing about Hillary Clinton. Like you made it work. <laughs> you, made, you made it work. <laughs> you made it freaking work. <laughs> like you weren't perfect, but like you kind of like did what you needed to do, and like here you are. So yeah. Yeah, it's also like I I was thinking about this maybe last night or something. The I feel like the um. At a time, at, at one point, it was probably pretty radical for a woman to be like, "Oh, you know, you know, women act this way in front of men," because it was like that was something that women weren't speaking up about, like the way that they acted or something like that, or even acknowledging the way, or like somebody doing material that's like, you know, married couples have troubles at a time where there was like, because wives do this and husbands do this, like there was a time <laughs> when they weren't talking about marital problems. Yes, when it was genuinely public. a subversive thing. To yeah, just, yeah. And so there was a time where that was, and it's like, okay, but like continuing to be like my bitch wife, it's like, okay, well, first of all, that was never nice, but like but continuing <laughs> to talk about that kind of stuff, it's like, well, we're past the point where that's a subversive thing. You need to take it a step further because the baseline is that we all know these things, these things now, and so yeah. especially I feel like as younger people looking at older comics. Who, like, maybe when they were growing up, these were the subversive topics. But, like, now it's like, okay, well, like, yeah, you do need to take that extra step. Or it's like, well, then, yeah, what's the fucking point? Well, yeah, we're living in, like, a t- freaking time where there are comedians our own age who think we're in, like, a post-homophobia, like homophobia, post-misogyny society. <laughs> so that they're like, you can do those things again and say those things again because it's, like, a funny reappropriation. And it's people who have never experienced anything in their life like homophobia or, never. like, misogyny yeah. who think that this, like character or whatever is like funny and it's like if you i don't know i just there's like a and i don't feel this way about everybody like for example i think martin urbano who originally i was like i don't know about your set saw his set the other day every joke landed for me for some reason yeah because he is like so clown about it yes there's not even a second where you feel like he yeah he doesn't think i deserve just like rights or he doesn't think i'm a comedian yeah he like there's not a moment where you, once you like understand what he's doing, where you feel like totally. He, he's you're you're right. He, it's cl- it's clown of a, a like it's yes. satire to the fo- like he's he's leaning into the satire. So he's much taking it as far as it needs to go. Yeah. Whereas like, there's some like, it's um I don't even know how to describe it, but it's it's not funny to like be objectifying women again, or it's not funny to like be like this woman was a bitch it's still wrong like we're not in like a place where you could do that or like we're not in a place where you should be like he was acting so gay if you're a straight guy don't say that like it's not funny yet to me i've been hearing a lot about people at mics like throwing around like the f slur and stuff and it's like what when did we get to that yeah you felt like who's doing that and who's doing that who is doing that are people saying people saying like (laughs) oh like people or maybe it wasn't the f slur Maybe it was just saying gay, but like people were saying, like, but in a way where they're, we've always it was talked a about, pejorative use of the, of the yeah. word gay, which is not something that should be wielded by straight man comics. Well, in we my talked opinion. about this a bunch where it's like there is this like type. You get of mad sh- at me when I say it. I <laughs> get mad when you call your when you say I'm being gay and it's like no you don't use it that way. I want you to love yourself. Anyway, I, I is that so hard? Is that so bad? I love for me to want you to love yourself. No. Pride. <sighs> Anyway, um, I left a Hell's Kitchen bar on Pride to go to Target. And, I did it again. <laughs> and I did that it again. is a gay right. And that is me supporting women. Because you know where there weren't women at that bar, but, but there were at Target. No, but there was, um, oh, there's this like this like type of straight guy that is like, oh, I was called gay in middle school because I was like a soft boy, which is a lot of the like alt 
boys that we know oh that, that are like I was called gay in middle school so I get to like talk about that too and it's like and Michael Aber has made a great point about this is like there's a significant difference between somebody who was called gay in middle school who is not gay and being called gay in middle school and having that inside you and knowing that you have that and you can't run from that and that what they said was mean but they are true it is yes. true you are gay so like you know what I mean? Like that. There. What you that said is, that was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> it's the right. So you are gay. You, you are, are true. Gay. You're gay. I know. That I said is that. true. I am unwell today, <laughs> and I'm speaking that way. But no, you're great. There, there is. He's he's on the nose. He's, it's absolutely 100%. true. Yeah, and they refuse to believe that that is the case. Yeah. It. The. I wish that you could that they had the comprehension to understand that. Yeah. Because I don't think that Mike Labber doesn't say that to them or doesn't like not listening (laughs) (laughs) and if there's one thing that michael's good for is he's gonna say what he means and he's gonna tell you to your face in a very eloquent and like very mild mannered way and people are just not listening (laughs) yeah they're just like no people were homophobic to me and it's like it's actually not the same (laughs) (laughs) and just because they were saying something and it's also like and and it's like oh i really hurt your feelings it would be so bad to be gay (laughs) or like (laughs) exactly yeah and it's like it was a homophobic thing but it was not homophobic to you because you're not gay yes you know what i mean That's the difference. <laughs> we ask our final question. What is a boys club that you wish to see in this world? Um, the answer I was thinking of while I was coming here is uh, I would like a boys club for fat people in a stronger way than there is right now because mm-hmm. I am like going like mentally insane crazy girl because, <laughs> because there's just like no solidarity of that and especially like if we were to talk about it in the context of like brooklyn comedy mm-hmm. it is like especially like tricky to navigate the thrust of a lot of like jokes is what i pay attention to like what's like the what's like the idea or the ideological thrust of mm-hmm. this and so much of it is like being fat is the worst thing i can imagine yeah. and that's like behind a lot of like these yeah, guys jokes joke about that it went viral yeah it well it's it's I shared it out to my Pilates girlies. I, like, I want you guys to see this. I think sometimes I share it because it's funny, and sometimes I share it because it's funny, and you should see that. Like, my audience should see it. Well, it's such a like a accepted like, it's so accept ex- an acceptable thing to like say and believe that like you must prevent yourself from being fat. Like it's so I and I think about this like like this particular like a couple different like particular miking experiences where mm-hmm. a guy will get on stage and talk about working out like it is like really punishing or like like i well but like i couldn't let myself like get fat or like mm-hmm. i have to like stay trim or whatever in order to get women to like me whatever and it's just like <laughs> i just feel really bad yeah for them but I, I also am like angry because i just want to go like what do you imagine like my life and the life of other fat people is like does it not seem like and this is like a and it this is like such a like i have no coherent way to discuss this really but it's also so hard like knowing people where you feel like if they lived in your body they would kill themselves like like they just like could not hack looking like me and that's so hard and i have to like explain to people sometimes because um like you'll i'll like be a little bit standoffish to like and this happens a lot in my relationship with women i'm not a misogynist (laughs) we everyone on this podcast loves women we have boys club sponsored by women (laughs) women, at the heart of any boys club are are women and of our 40 million listeners 39 million are women (laughs) i i i feel this a lot in my relationships with women 
it's like there's like some there's a tension there because um and our insecurities can be so toxic to other people like I know this from like my life and how I've treated people who are more fat than me but like the self-hatred for like little like infractions of like getting a little bit fatter or doing something a little bit like that a fat person would do it become like the like hatred that a person like that I noticed especially women feel for like edging towards fatness or edging towards fat behaviors Mm -hmm. I'm like you can't I know it's it's like so personal like the way that you inter like your own relationship with that is so personal and it also has this like incredibly like toxic social element to it because it's like whoa you couldn't you wouldn't want to be me like you're my friend and if you lived in my body you'd be just like you'd feel like deep like penetrating disgust it's so my the voice club i'd like to see in the world um would be like a solidarity for like fat people because right now there's like no framework to discuss mm-hmm. or like support each other through these things like i remember i was at a mic um like almost i guess it was like a year ago because it was right before i got together with tej and this guy got on stage and he was just like plus size models are disgusting like why do we pretend like we're all pretending like it's okay but we know they're gonna die like what like if you put a plus size model on the cover of a magazine you should put her severed foot on the back which i guess is like a Uh. diabetes joke i hate repeating this i don't even know who the guy was (sighs) i and i had to go right after him and i was so i cried yeah i got on stage and i was like my voice was shaking and i was like the guy left immediately after his set. Like, I don't think he thought he did really well or anything. <laughs> I imagine it was to no laughs. It was, it was, the thing was, it was to some laughs. That's we were the like worst. Up, we were upstairs at Bushwick Public House, um, like back in, Dark. back in the day of last year. Um, and I just like, I'm sh- I was like shaking. I was crying. I left stage. I'm crying. Like I'm, and I have said, I got on stage and I said like, you ever hope someone will die? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and it's just like incoherent, like trying to like stand up for myself or like whoever else. I don't know, because I was like thinking like the host will say something. But the host, it's my hosts like so rarely actually like do the enforcing of like the don't be terrible rule mm-hmm. that they all have. Um, and, and fat people, I feel like anti-fat stuff like so rarely like really falls under that umbrella for them. Like, yeah. they, they, they just aren't listening for it and they don't care about it. And it's not the same as a lot of other issues, but it is like, when I hear it, it makes me feel like I don't want to be at the mic. Like, yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely in my, well, first, I'm sorry that that happened and that, fuck that guy. And <laughs> these are the types of things where I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, you yeah, know, mics are like, people make mistakes i'm sure i've said things on stage that i don't but i'm like but i've never said anything that egregious and there's times where it's like he you know what you don't need to be on it stage was written. it was written that. he wasn't like riffing off of what people had said or whatever he was yeah it was like written in a notebook god bless it was right before i started dating tej and i remember like i was really embarrassed because i had a really big crush on him and he was at the mic and i was like i just cried because i think that being a fat woman is allowed (laughs) (laughs) and i went outside like crying and he came out um and was like hey i really liked what you said and like was so nice to me and eventually like the host came out and were talking to me too and they were just like we're so sorry like that shouldn't happen here and it was at the end of the day i felt i was like 
whoa, like the moment between me and Tej, like before we were dating and back when we were just like two fat comics, I was like, this is so beautiful. Yeah. And like, thank God that I wasn't alone. Yeah. In this like experience because he can also like hear and be like, that's like, you're right. That is like fucked up. People shouldn't say that about like literally you and me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like the fat community is like one of the last. I was about I to say that. That's true. Communities where there's not... It's not egregious to like the common collective. Like if I walked down the street and I ate someone yelled faggot, people would be like, oh my God. Or like even like bitch. People, oh, I shouldn't say that. I hate that. I even say that. Beach. <laughs> It'd be like, oh my God. But like the, for like fat humor and like fat, like slander, it's, it's not the same. People yes. react the same way. It's like a socially acceptable like level of like, like frankly discrimination. Like yeah. to just be like, yeah, there's a type of person that is just, like, gross. Like, if I were like them, I wouldn't deserve, like, a girlfriend. is Or, like, I wouldn't deserve, like, decency or yeah. dignity. Yeah. And it just is so, like, I don't know. There was a moment where I was talking, um, like, there was, like, a group of, like, four fat comics all standing together. And I almost wanted to be, like, don't leave. Like, <laughs> wait, when, something's happening. Between, like, <laughs> you guys maybe don't care, but, like. We're starting a band. This is the hang. Yeah, <laughs> it does feel like it is like in my at least in my life experience it does feel like the thing the like you were just saying like it, it feels like it's behind women and race and and queer people in terms of just like even starting the conversation for so many people about like no that's not bad and it's not a problem and it's and people of all shapes and sizes should be respected in the same regard and it's not and it should be something that you should be comfortable to talk in and you know obviously I hope this doesn't come across as me trying to like equate issues in any way, but like something, you know, obviously my relationship to my body is, is different than a lot of people's too. And something that I've come along, tried to come around to is like, no, I like being trans. And if I could do it again, I would be trans again. Mm -hmm. And if I could do it again and again and again in every life, I would hope to be trans in every single life. Mm -hmm. And I'd hope that that would never change. And it's like, and I know there are plenty, if a cis man woke up in my body, he might have a panic attack about what he does and doesn't have anymore. But it's like, which I don't know, maybe that, I don't know that that's necessarily like an equatable thing, but like, um, I, I do hope that like people, and I would hope that people feel empowered to say that about them. Anybody I would want to be able to say that about themselves, so that you would wake up again and again and you would choose to be who you are and that you should love, I don't know. Anyway, I'm rambling now, but I hope that that doesn't feel like I'm equating things, but like, I totally hear you when you're like, no, this is not a bad thing at all. It's not a bad thing at all. And this is yeah. good and I should be able to talk about it in any way that I want and people shouldn't be shitty about it. If I had like magic powers and could change like 10 things about myself, I would not, my first thought would not be like, oh, I should be 50 pounds lighter or right. whatever. And it, and like that has not always been true. Like when I was in high school, that would not be true. Mm -hmm. But like that was also when I was treating myself so badly. Yeah. And like part of like, realizing that I'm like okay I have to go like I'm okay I'm okay like I am happy and like the way that and and the way that other people feel about me is not how I have to feel about myself yeah like I don't have to carry their problem yeah like if I don't like and I was so absorbing other people's problems with yeah. me yeah which is like the big issue I feel like I have had growing up in my life so far is like just way too much external focus not like zero internal focus zero internal care so i guess when i say that i want to be in the little goth girl community <laughs> what i'm saying is like 
there is like so much to be uh envied in my opinion about like how other non-fat people can move through the world Mm -hmm. and that is like the issue i have right now but when i realized that that like wasn't something that like i wasn't like this like the problem preventing that from happening that it was like oh my god everybody is like crazy about this yeah yeah then i was like whoa i'm kind of free (laughs) yeah because it's like it truly is it's like when uh, i i and again i hope i'm not overstepping by or trying to equate things but like when people sometimes the way that people talk about transness it's as if this is a problem that i have and i'm like i got a lot of problems but being trans is not one of them (laughs) and i I would imagine and i hope that you feel the same it's like i have a lot of i have you know bazillion problems in the world anxiety other things whatever Uh there's a bazillion problems that we all have every day but it's like these these things about us that we are born with and that just are who we are that's not a problem and i and i hate when people talk about it as if it is a problem because it's like that's actually not a problem Mm -hmm. and i don't know why you're trying to make me feel like i have a problem that i don't have (laughs) you know yeah this is a part of me that i love and i hope you and i would wish you would stop talking about it like it's a problem that i have it's so even well-meaning people sometimes you know what i mean even sometimes it's coming from a place of like wanting to quote help or something or like i don't know it's just like well that's not yeah the i don't think of it as like i have a problem the closest i get to like extreme or like it could because like disordered thinking is something that like you work through like i guess your entire life and the thing that i like the closest i get to like sort of like sliding to the unhealthy like thinking part of the world is when i'm like fed up with being treated badly by other people mm-hmm. And I, I have to, like, I, Maddie has, you know, Maddie's got a background in nutrition and stuff and, and, like, eating disorder work and things like that. And she has completely, like, opened my mind and world up to the biases that I've had, you know, growing up in the society we all have. And, like, just the ways, the things that I had not thought about before and, the, and just the way that, like, things are pushed on us, like, I, that I had never even checked or thought about. And it's, like... Um, I'll plug another podcast. Maintenance phase apparently is mm-hmm. really, really great and does like really cool stuff. And I've listened to an episode or two. Then and she listens to it all the time. So boys at home, if you're looking for any podcasts that are not pseudoscience, pseudo history, pseudo news, <laughs> <laughs> they have real journalistic work on there. Um, but yeah, yeah, you got MC any? Nanda came on and was like, "Didn't MC say that?" Her, her, yes, her friend's grandma. Yeah, is anorexic at the age of eighty nine. Hmm. Guys, this is so sad. It's like, yeah, it's like we have to let go of shit like that. Like this obsession with like our bodies and like thinness and stuff. And I think everyone always assumes that like we will before we are 89. And it's like, okay, well, what's the plan? But there's some old birds out there hanging on. <laughs> like I see people take like four workout classes a day. And I always mm-hmm. say, you've got to read a little life. You've got to <laughs> find a dream. Write a joke. You call need, your mom. You need an 800 page book to keep you out of class. It's like, you have got to like find Cause I feel like, I think this was comedy and that like, and like, just like the work that we do in general, it's like, we are like putting our energy and our hearts into this thing. Oh my God. Gay, I mean gay. Our energies <laughs> and our hearts to this thing that will like that I think does sustain us, and it's like no, like this is what our life is about. That's kind of dark, maybe, maybe bright. And then whereas like, and I think that that, I think that oftentimes where people don't have that, there where that energy goes is like the immediacy of the body that mm-hmm. we are in, and mm-hmm. the immediacy of like these like little like immediate gratification things, mm-hmm. like thinness. I think thinness would fall into that category. Thin, the obsession with thinness is like a hobby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have anything else to do, take up golf. 
my god i know well, well when i hear that like people are like doing some crazy diet i'm like you should try stand-up i don't know yeah. like, <laughs> like you like, gotta go to yeah, high candy read a book yeah. watch a tv show like learn how to knit like jesus and yeah it, it, i mean obviously it's, uh, that's oversimplifying and of course it's coming from a very like a place of like deep hurt and and you know need for control and all these other things. Yeah, Obviously, it's coming from a dark place. But like, but the part of us that is dying, as all humans are, we like we want everyone to use their time well. Yeah, and we're just like, hey. Yeah, you I think literally, literally like, I think rededicating my my like time and thought to other projects was like so healing in terms of like I'm not sitting at home obsessing over like. I look like this. I look like this. I look like this. Like, I have to go to a mic right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. You literally don't have time. I, my, like, mission, like, my, uh, like, moment right now that I'm in with this, all of this is, like, I'm era. trying to find, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, I'm, I'm in the era of trying to figure out, like, a way to engage more with, um, like, exercise where it doesn't feel like punishing or like it doesn't feel like I'm doing it to punish myself or it doesn't feel like I am like uh, I guess punishing is exactly the word I'm looking for yeah but it's so hard when it's so like ingrained in me my whole life like and, and I had to do like rec sports my whole childhood but it always felt like I was put into those because I was already a fat kid like being like we can't let Maggie get any fatter or we can't have this little fat kid who doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. Uh, like so she'll be in soccer and basketball and lacrosse and swimming and like all this stuff JDYA yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I did Uh, FM had its own Nico and I are from the same town we are Syracuse shout out 315 FM had its own like little rec leagues but it's just like so I have never had any association with exercise other than like (laughs) you're about to say I had no association with JDYA I had no association (laughs) with JDYA and I would never um, no I I would swim at the YMCA and I would do FM's rec league for other sports and lacrosse camp Um, I can still smell the YMCA Mm -hmm. I can still smell the YMCA I can feel the things in the showers on my feet do you remember how they had like the crates almost oh my god oh yeah yeah those little yeah gross and my dad would take us in the shower and it's like you didn't do anything you shouldn't you don't shouldn't be in here whatever <laughs> okay it. i also took a lot of swimming lessons for someone that can only tread water i'll say that <laughs> like i cannot move in any like athletic way across that pool that's okay do you think that comedy has affected your relationship with your body i mean in high school obviously like my communities in my life have been like school college comedy because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i haven't like done much else hospice hospice <laughs> the hospital yeah, don't forget the community you're the, creating the communities i am creating every week via zoom the, link via zoom link hospital <laughs> the i think like at college i was less it was there was less like sort of uh focus on how people were looking there was a lot of focus on it but like it wasn't as severe mm-hmm. and there was more like the idea that you should have like relative body positivity which is like something i I don't even know like it's been like co-opted in so many ways that i don't even know if that has any meaning anymore but like at least in school i was like nobody knows that they hate me for being fat or whatever or nobody like is thinking like disgusting girl Mm -hmm. um but then just like being in comedy and seeing how me and like it's so hard to like you get in the trap of like comparing yourself with other comics Mm -hmm. just being like whoa if i were like skinny and beautiful in that way that they all want me to be maybe i would like get booked more or maybe like 
people would respond differently to the things I say. Yeah. Because right now I feel like me is like this shrew harpy like person they don't want to hear talk, <laughs> and they just like can't stand to hear me talk, and that is like hurts me because it's like all I have is like like my body and then like what I'm saying and producing is like a creative like those things are like I bring them everywhere with me yeah and if you think like what I'm saying is annoying and you think I look like shit <laughs> then I have nothing <laughs> I can like if you think like those two things like disqualify me from like sort of like basic dignity and you can't like imagine my life as being full yeah. There now I can't convince you because I, it's all I got in the bank or whatever. Yeah. I think this weird thing we do makes us double like comedy. Not that I wasn't gonna bring something new into the table. This like <laughs> weird thing we do makes us like double down on us. We're like, <laughs> this is who I am. You do have to think a lot about who you are and the way you present yourself and like what an audience is thinking about you and you have to like I know like with you know, queer people, you know, people are always like I think go one or two ways. Either you wait to bring it up or you bring it up immediately. And I've always fallen into the camp of like, I'm going to say this first and just take the air out of it and talk about it first. To. I think people will be, you're taking the air a little bit, the, not the air out of the room, that's not right. You're, you're getting you to the joke help. first yeah, and not allowing anybody else to have the chance to do so or to have the thought first or to even like be like, what is up? What are you, what are you do, well, that's doing up there? For sure. A pri- like a privilege uh-huh. that in the not, in not needing to address something right away. Like mm-hmm. I feel like with queerness, you like have to be like, I don't want you to wonder if I'm gay. I don't think anyone's wondering, but I don't want you to like wonder. So yeah. I'll just like say it really fast. Yeah. There are definitely, I mean, there's, and that's another thing that we've talked about before with like, there are certain, I don't know. The, I mean, this is also getting to the nitty gritty of like the queer community and politics amongst the queer community. But there, yeah. of course, there are certain people who fall into the category of having to address it right away, and people who don't. And I would even consider myself somebody who no longer really does have to address it right away, which is yeah. a weird like thing. But anyway, how did we get on? Uh, um, oh, you do have to like you really do have to be constantly thinking about what are people thinking about me, which is hard for but, anybody. Well, I never had any intention of writing jokes about being fat. I was like, I'm going to be an absurdist. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like getting this feeling that people were watching me with this kind of like, does she know attitude about like, uh oh, like does she know that she's that in, so? You gross? say that in your joke, right? I don't. I don't think I do say that in my joke. I'm like trying to figure out a way to explain this because I don't want audiences to feel like I'm like really judging them because I'm. It's not any individuals like fault but it's and this is what people say all the time it's not your fault but it's your like responsibility to like engage with like that process which may be going on your on your head when you see me where you go like does she know and so i started getting on stage and like right away sort of trying to engage with like no i know what i look like don't be worried don't be worried about me Mm -hmm. like i know what i look like and i know didn't get on stage by accident and i don't feel embarrassed that you can all see me like (laughs) yeah but it does there I don't know I just like after doing and maybe this was just like because I was doing so many rooms of like the men on their phones talking over my thing I was like they don't like me and it might be because they think like I'm like not like talking about myself or I can't like engage with like anything real like the like trying to do stuff that was like absurd character woman was like really landing for some people and like really missing for other people and Mm -hmm. I was like I gotta start like, I guess letting people know that I one that I know who I am, mm-hmm. so you don't have to like be like I'm worried about her. I feel embarrassed for her. 
And two, that like, I, I, I'm not just going to like engage with it and then leave it. I'm going to say like, I don't feel embarrassed. I don't feel bad. And like, then I was like, okay, and then I got to take it a step further. And I have to like actually write material about like why that would be that I don't feel bad because it is unfortunately a radical thought that it would be like, okay. Mm -hmm. And that I would be like happy and not like, so like scared or miserable. Yeah. And going back to your point earlier where there's just not like a history of like a lot of women in comedy to like pull from and be like, what were people doing before? There's also not like a lot of, to my knowledge, a lot of history of like fat comics who were talking about it. If not, it may be in a, back in the day in more of like a self-deprecating way that would be really exactly. harmful. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of the example is unfortunately like well, harmful. And so yeah. like when I think about like an Eliza Schlesinger, I can, well, because I can't remember her fucking material, but like... <laughs> I just know her as like the drunk goblin. Yeah, there's six specials. They're all kind of the same. But But like, like like, I like her voice. I don't know if that makes sense. She's a very dynamic like. Yes. Yeah. She's very interesting. I mean, six Netflix specials is six Netflix specials. Yeah. Six more than any of us have. So what are we gonna say? (laughs) What is it the saying? Like you can shake a stick at, or you can't shake a stick at that. What I can't remember. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? (laughs) You can Um, shake a stick at that. You can. Something like that. Or maybe not. Um Whichever one is the one that's like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but like when she processes like the anxieties of women through like this, the lens of like how will men see me? She's not like, she it, like also engages with like the desire to be thin and like, as if like, oh, like women are just like desperate to be thin and be beautiful. Um, and like even fatter, like female comics, like, Amy Schumer it's like the desire to be thin is like part of the material like the desire to be thin and not fat in order to be like acceptable to men and like that is so like I can't even think of a single like like one of those like that level of like I have a million Netflix special type comics who is a woman who is fat who speaks about herself with like acceptance yeah or like acceptance is such a low bar yeah not even not even like with love. tolerance actually yeah with love. tolerance i tolerate myself <laughs> yeah, celebration. i'm, toler- I'm yeah. tolerating this but like yeah. i it's not like the, the women can be fat in a netflix special if they're pregnant <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. other than that you have to be like either i hate this or you have to be super thin um yeah. well I, now i'm thinking like the only comic who like engages with their body in a way that where I was like, oh, I'm like resonating in a more real way, I guess is, um, oh my God, Hannah Gadsby in the net, of course. Yeah. They're so great. And I, I mean like that special has been like picked apart like to death or whatever, but so much of what is said in that special is like, okay, maybe we should be more like thoughtful about how mm-hmm. we like self deprecate. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought that that was a super powerful special, and I it sits with me even today. Like I, I think about that all the time, and I think um, I was happy that I heard it when I did because I think it definitely like switched a flip, flipped a switch in me where I was like, oh yeah, I shouldn't punch down at myself if I'm of type of person that the world is going to inherently punch down on. Yeah. Wait. What is it? It's like self deprecation from someone who exists in the margins isn't like deprecation it's humiliation or yeah. something like that i was like oh no from the special <laughs> yeah oh my that? god that's beautiful um, <laughs> i saw the parts of it are you mad at me no i'm not mad at you at all but you should watch it it's good we're adding it to the media list <laughs> yeah. 
Maggie, before we before we wrap up here, should we? Uh, would you like to plug your socials or any shows coming up or anything? Oh yeah, you guys should follow me um, at Maggie Olmsted Pretty on Instagram and at Olmsted O L M S D E A D on Twitter and TikTok. What? When does this come out? This will come out in three weeks. Two the weeks. End of, like mid end of April. The mid end of April. Well, you can catch me every third Thursday. Nope, nothing. That's not anything. Every <laughs> third Friday uh, at Brooklyn Comedy Collective in East Williamsburg, my improv group, not like other girls, will be performing. Yes. April twenty first. April twenty first. Regular and spot. Then, yeah, That's we gotta. Awesome. Yes, we're uh, well deserved. So awesome to have that because scheduling a show is hell. So hard. Yeah. Um. Seriously though, if you guys. You have to see Not Like Other Girls. They're my favorite. They're my favorite. Woo-hoo! So, so funny. Um, should we get out of here on a smooch? One, two, three. Hey, boys. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Boys Club. Connor, where can they find you on socials? You can find me on Instagram at Connor Janda. That's C-O-N-O-R, panda with a J. You can find me at Nico Carney, N-I-C-O, Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y. You can follow both of us at Boys Club Comedy on Instagram. We have a monthly show at Club Coming, last week of the month. Uh, if you're in New York City, you better come hang out, come part, be part of the club. Okay, see you soon, boys. XOXO. Bye.